From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. The unofficial results from Alaska's special primary election show a close race between the three candidates. According to the Alaska Division of Elections, Democrat Mary Peltola holds a slight lead over Palin. Fellow Republican Nick Baggage is ranked third in the results. As of midnight, the results showed Peltola with 52,795 votes, or 37.99%, Palin with 45,542 votes, or 32.77%, and Baggage with 40,639 votes. That's 29.24%. Official ranked choice election results won't be reported for 15 days following the election. The timeline is set by the Alaska Division of Elections and state law. A quick-moving and moist atmospheric river began to move across the area starting yesterday afternoon and is persisting into the day. Pete Boyd is with the National Weather Service in Juneau. Rainfall amounts are going to be picking up as this atmospheric river and front starts moving through. So in addition to rainfall amounts upwards of half an inch to uh, almost an inch per hour as we move through the morning, we're also going to see increased winds, especially uh, out in the inner channels, uh, some winds upwards of sustained of 20, 25 to possibly 30 knots going through. So it's going to be low clouds, breezy conditions, heavy rain, lows of visibility. So it's going to cause problems with both aviation, marine, and any driving conditions. According to the National Weather Service, streams and rivers will rise rapidly, but at this time are expected to remain within their banks. Numbers have been revealed about the total weight of fish caught during the 76th Golden North Salmon Derby. The total weight was 5,533 pounds of cohos and 2,048 pounds of king salmon, resulting in $16,662.85 in total sales. According to Derby Board President Ryan Beeson, fish sales were down significantly this year, with the biggest reason being the lack of cohos. Typically, all funds go to the Scholarship Foundation, but this isn't determined until the Territorial Sportsman Board's September meeting. Beeson said there are rare instances where some of the funds will be held to offset derby costs, but he added that he doesn't expect this will be needed and that the derby should be giving all of the fish sales proceeds to the Scholarship Foundation. United Way of Southeast Alaska is holding its annual Day of Caring event across the region in September. Wayne Stevens is the president and CEO of the nonprofit. Day of Caring is an opportunity for businesses and their employees uh, to come out and support nonprofit agencies in their community. Uh, it's an opportunity for nonprofits to get a project or projects done uh, that perhaps they don't have staff time or money to get accomplished, and so it's a great pairing of uh, need and opportunity to uh, come together and get some work done. Um, Day of Caring this year will be in Petersburg on September 14th, in Ketchikan on the 27th, here in Juneau on September 30th, and in Sitka on October 3rd. Day of Caring is an event where local nonprofit agencies offer up a service project to complete. It provides an opportunity for residents, schools, and local businesses to volunteer their time to help their community. In the past, we've done projects at the Salvation Army, at the Wish uh, 
shelter in Ketchikan or uh, the Safe uh, Home Program uh, facility in Sitka or the Aware Shelter here in Juneau. Uh, we've done uh, yard work for JAMI or for Catholic Community Services. Three years ago, we did some work with the uh, Sitka Fine Arts Camp. United Ways, Wayne Stevens. School is back in session, and the Juneau Police Department wants to remind everyone to pay close attention to the extra roadway traffic. Juneau Police Lieutenant Craig Campbell provided this update. School buses, pedestrians, and kids driving to school can increase commute times for everyone. Make sure to give yourself extra time to get to your destination. That way you aren't feeling rushed. Please pay close attention to any school bus that has the red lights flashing. This means they are stopping to pick up or drop off a child. Alaska law requires the driver of a vehicle that approaches from any direction of a school bus stopped on a shared highway or vehicle away shall stop not less than 30 feet from the school bus before reaching it, when the school bus has its flashing red lights. The driver may not proceed until the school bus proceeds and the flashing lights are no longer illuminated. Depending on the circumstances, passing a school bus when its red lights are flashing can either be a Class B misdemeanor or an infraction. Kids walking or biking to school are highly vulnerable roadway users. Please slow down and give extra care to those trying to get to school safely. School zone lights will be on for about one half hour before and after school. Some areas, like Riverside Drive and Glacier Avenue, may have longer times due to overlapping school start and end times. Elementary schools start at 8 a.m. and end at 2.30 p.m. Middle school starts at 8.30 a.m. and ends at 3 p.m. High schools start at 9.15 a.m. and end at 3.45 p.m. Alternative school starts at 8.30 a.m. and ends at 3 p.m. The speed limit in a school zone when lights are flashing is 15 miles an hour. The Alaska Marine Highway System winter operating plan for October of this year through April 2023 is available for public review. The winter operations document can be found under the news tab of KINYradio.com. The Department of Transportation plans to release a summer 2023 schedule for public comment after the winter schedule is finalized. The operating plan includes running the Columbia for the first time in three years. Angoon Mayor Maxine Thompson appeared on the KINY Morning Show on Tuesday and said that the National Geographic series Dr. Oakley, Yukon Vet, was in town to film an episode. The biggest thing that happened in our town in a long time was that the past week we had Dr. Oakley, the Yukon vet, and her TV crew came to town. We did not have a lot of time to prepare as emails were still being initially exchanged the end of July. So we had a huge uh, challenges. Thompson said housing the TV crew was a challenge. Housing was the primary concern because, you know, the, the show has a lot of uh, crew members. Everybody has something to do. So it was Dr. Oakley. She had a daughter with her. Um, and then there was an assistant who was also a tech and a medical tech. And then there was a young man from Haines that traveled with them. I guess they hit Haines pretty on a re- regular basis. So uh, I called him my homeboy because I, I, I originally come from Klaquan, Haines area. My grandmother came down from there. But anyway, uh, it was very nice. It went fast. They treated about over 50 animals in that short time. 
and Goon Mayor Maxine Thompson. The U.S. Department of Transportation's Federal Transit Administration has announced $1.66 billion in grants to transit agencies, territories, and states across the country to invest in 150 bus fleets and facilities. Projects have been announced in three southeast Alaska communities. The city and borough of Juneau will receive $2.2 million to rehabilitate and modernize its vehicle storage and maintenance facility. The Ketchikan Gateway Borough will receive $4.2 million to buy electric buses and charging equipment. The new buses will help improve service, reliability, and air quality. Metlakatla Indian Community will receive $402,000 to buy a battery electric bus and charging equipment to initiate fixed route transit service that connects Metlakatla residents to the Annette Islands Ferry Terminal on the Annette Islands Reserve. A work session to discuss housing solutions in the Ketchikan Gateway Borough was a major topic on Monday night's meeting. Borough Mayor Rodney Dial explained the outcome of those discussions. Direction to staff to pursue three areas for housing and approving lots for future development. So one of those locations was in the mile 17 to 18 of the North Congress area, and those are primarily waterfront properties. They also directed staff to continue working on what we're calling the Cedarwood subdivision, and that's also in the north end of the island. And then to continue working on the, a planned unit development south of town in the Fawn Mountain area, and that development will require us identifying partners to pursue, but it's desirable property because of the access to borough water and sewer. And then there was one other thing that we also did as part of our consent calendar. We approved the transfer of green spaces from the state to the borough in borough land areas. And that was done to facilitate uh, development and road realignment if necessary. And all in all, I mean, it was one of the largest actions the Assembly has taken in support of addressing housing in recent years. In addition, the Assembly approved a resolution establishing a sales tax holiday on October 1st. Even the court system in Juneau is not exempt from the wave of vacancies affecting businesses and governments. Juneau Superior Court Judge Amy Mead spoke to that on Action Line. We are, we are down quite a few. Um, staffing is pretty low in Juneau. We're fully staffed in other court locations, but Juneau is suffering a little bit right now. I do have to say that our current staff is amazing, and our, um, hopefully the court users are not noticing but the, the, the fact that we're, we're at pretty low staff. Um, what are we doing to correct that? Well, first, um, you might have known the legislature passed a 15.5% raise for the admin staff that goes into effect October 31st, 2022, and kind of brings the court system admin staff salaries consistent with other admin staff across the state and other departments. Uh, so making it competitive. Pretty much, yeah. Gotcha. Judge Mead said they are looking for applicants to a wide range of positions. People should know we're open to all types of work situations, so part-time work, work during school hours, job sharing, we also review minimum qualifications if someone thinks they might not meet minimum qualifications but are really interested in a job. We can work with that person to train them. Um, we are also, uh, Emily, who is the Emily Court Administrator, I'm the presiding judge for the first district, so responsible for admin duties as well as my normal court duties. She and I have been thinking more creative ways about how to use some of our rural court locations to help supplement um, the Juno court location, and we've got some exciting things coming to help 
but we are being, in, in long story short, we're trying to be as creative as possible. We are trying to accommodate people's needs. Um, and we really, we're just looking for people who are interested and excited to work with the court system. It's a great job. Juno Superior Court Judge Amy Mead. A new program for entrepreneurs was unveiled on Action Line. It is the Juno Economic Development Council's launch pad, which begins next month. The council's Martina Warden provided the details. It's really for anyone, whether you have a business concept or idea that you're wanting to explore, whether you recently launched a business, or if you're an established business and you're looking to pivot or offer a new product or service, then this course has something for you. It will teach folks to find their target market, to learn how to set realistic financial goals for their business, discover their brand and marketing, identify sources of funding for their business. Warden said the course will meet in person at JEDC on West Willoughby. It's over 10 weeks. It meets every Tuesday evening from 5 to 8 p.m. starting September 13th, and it will run through November 15th. And, yeah, we're accepting applications right now. Our The deadline to apply is August 22nd. So if you're interested, you can go to jdc.org backslash launchpad and learn more about the program and apply. Council Executive Director Brian Holst says the program is aimed to help the next generation of entrepreneurs. This is, a, this is really an opportunity to um, just encourage the next generation of, of folks. And it doesn't mean, when I say next generation, it, does, it is for new entrepreneurs. But as, as Martina pointed out, we, we do accept also current business owners that have a, want to pivot their business. They feel like, hey, I've been doing this thing. I have a new idea of a new direction that I want to go. Those also could fit into this program as well. Hull said the program was created from a grant from the National League of Cities in partnership with the Kauffman Foundation. COVID booster shots developed by Pfizer and Moderna that offer protection for the BA4 and BA5 Omicron variants could be available soon. White House COVID coordinator Dr. Ashish Shah says the boosters, once approved by the FDA and CDC, could be available as early as next month. ABC's Trevor Alt also says the White House is hoping that there's enough supply for even those under 50 who haven't gotten a second booster to get it. That supply would come despite some funding that le- uh, funding squabbles that led the federal government to only order enough doses for the most vulnerable. According to the CDC, so far 79% of the American population have received at least one dose of the vaccine. And in the past week, we saw the number of infections dip a little bit, down 12% from the week before. But we are still averaging, at least last week, 98,000 new COVID infections every single day. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.